Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Equipped to Be Show with Connie Albers. Equipped to Be is a podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your unique strengths, gifts, and talents so you can apply them to all areas of life. So let's get ready to dive into how you are equipped to be. Hi, everyone. Gosh, welcome back to Equipped to Be, the special edition called Coping with Crisis. Today, I am joined by a sweet friend. She's a speaker, an author, a podcaster, an amazing mom of many. And I have invited her on the program because her children are younger. She has five like I do. And we're going to just kind of like talk about what it's really like to like do this life thing together when you are a Martha. Now, for those of you that don't understand what I'm talking about, I'm going to let Katie explain that to you, but she is the author of Made Like Martha. Oh my goodness, I could so identify with that book when she sent it to me. But I've asked her on this podcast because she has a lot of children. We navigated and walked through several crises with my children when they were younger. The uh, 9-11 crisis, the H1N1, the collapse of the, you know, basic economy back in 08, 09. And, you know, Katie is where many of you are. She's in the middle of it right now. She's facing her, her husband home, her kids home. And what do you do? Because frankly, I know we're only a few days, maybe a few weeks into this. And um, some people are getting a little stir crazy. And everybody keeps saying all these niceties, you can do it, it's going to be wonderful, and here's a sheet, and here's a workshop, and here's a lecture, and here's how you can do it all. And some of you might not be feeling like, you know what, I can't do this, or I don't want to do this. But Katie and I are going to dive into that. So before we go any further, I'm just going to say, Katie, thank you for joining me. I know you're busy, and you have lots on your plate, but thank you for joining me, and I'd love for you to tell my guest a little bit about you. Take it away, Katie. Well, thanks so much, Connie, for having me on. You know, it was nice to put this this work meeting in my calendar because as everyone knows, things are uncertain right now. But I'm Katie. I'm married to Adam. He is the lead pastor at a church where we live in the middle of Michigan. We have five kids. Our, our girls are bookends. One is almost 16 and one's almost four. And then we have three boys in the middle that are 13, 11, and 7. We send our oldest to public school, although she is home again. She is not. She's my extreme extrovert. And so she is having a hard time because this feels like torture to her. <laughs> where, where some of us, I'm like an outgoing introvert. So at first, this is feeling fun, right? Although it's tricky because I work from home on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And as we are recording this, it's a Tuesday and I, my kids, my husband is home today, but they're quarantined in the, um, the back room here. And, um, while I do this, so this is just real life, right? I'm out in the living room. They're quarantined to the back room while I do this, (laughs) but you know, I thought you were going to say you were locked in the closet or something. (laughs) No, no, I, I thought of that too, but I think the connection's a little better out here, but you know, we are just, we're doing our best. I will say, you know, I cried yesterday. It was Mm. just like, you know, I went in my room. You know, I didn't necessarily want the kids to see that. Not that I'm afraid to cry in front of them, but I feel like they need more stability, you know, right now. But I was talking to a friend. I'm like, 
this is hard because I think for me, I'm not so much, of course, I'm concerned about the virus, but it's more, you know, what does this mean for the economy, for our paychecks, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so in my book, Made Like Martha, I talk about starving worry and feasting on worship. And oh, Connie, I have had to live out that message moment by moment these last several days of like, okay, if I keep feeding worry, it's going to become this unruly beast, right? It doesn't really like, I think sometimes as moms, we think when we worry, we're actually being productive, but it's really counterproductive because all of a sudden in these worries spiral out of control. I mean, when I got a good night's sleep last night, I woke up and I felt better about things. I'm like, it's going to be okay. And thankfully my husband's more a Mr. Steady type, you know, Mm. where he's a little more laid back. Although we did have a conversation last night where I said, listen, hon, I said, I know that I am prone to dramatics here, but I'm a verbal processor. So I will do better if I can just get it out. And I know some of my um, thinking might be a little irrational, but if you can smile and nod and give me your attention, this will help me. And he said, oh, honey, I have been very patient already. I'm like, I know, just hang in there with me. And so one thing I was thinking about the other day is, you know, I want to be perceptive, but not paranoid, right? Mm, That's a a good one. Yeah, I just want to be wise about what's happening, but I don't want to give in to panic because I read something the other day that Jennifer Allwood put on her Instagram post and she said, you know, moms, we set the tone for the atmosphere in our home. And that can be a lot of pressure. Sometimes I don't like that. Most days I don't like that. I'm like, but what if I just, you know, want to have a bad day and cry or whatever? And I don't think that's wrong. Like we want to show our kids like, how we're feeling too. But at lunch the other day, I sat the kids down because they are all home and they are growing kids and they just want to eat and eat and eat. And that can be a coping thing, right? But I said, okay, guys, we are not going to panic, but I also want to tell you the truth about what's going on. I said, there are restaurants closing, you know, there are things, not as many things on the shelf. We're not sure what this is going to look like. So we're not going to have second and thirds right now, but we will have enough. And that was a very hard conversation to have with the kids, but I want them to trust me that I'm going to tell them the truth. And also I was getting very stressed as they're just pouring these huge glasses of milk and all of this stuff. And my daughter does have social media on her phone. So I don't want her to see all these things herself without me helping guide some of those conversations. So Connie, I would actually love to hear, how did you handle that with your kids? Like during 9-11, like how did you handle what, because there wasn't a lot of, I don't think there was social media that much then at all, but how did you decide what to tell them and what not? Well, you know, I'm, several things you said, Katie, are just ruminating in, in every mother's mind. I was talking to some moms recently that their children are all adult children. And, you know, there's still these concerns. Uh, I made some notes here about crying, you know, just kind of being emotional. And it's okay to be vulnerable in front of our children. That doesn't mean uh, we, we have to be careful of what we say. But when they see that we can we can be succumbed and over overwhelmed at times by just just really not knowing and how uh, fear and worry and doubt can creep in that you know we have to take take our thoughts captive and i liked how you said you know i 
I did have a moment where I just cried or you needed to ask your husband, you know, are we going to be okay? You know, Katie, as, and you know, as we're in different seasons of life, literally I'm affirming my adult children who are looking to, to, you know, their dad and I, Hey, is work ever going to come back? You know, I have, I have several families cause I live in central Florida. You're up there in cold country and I'm down here in Florida and we're facing the Walt Disney world and all theme parks, you know, universal sea world, even the beaches are closed. I mean, there's really no place to go, uh, except for your backyard or on a bike trail, but we're like every other city, except we are so tourist focused and so much of our industry is related to tourism and, and events that half of my family literally is wondering, okay, uh, mortgage is going to be due. And guess what? April 15th is right around the corner. Yay. Who, what are we going to do about that? And you know, so I was thinking as you were speaking, Katie, of the unique paradigm and the situations of while they are different, how very similar they are. I went to my husband as I came down the stairs this morning because I have literally every one of my um, events that I was contracted for, I, I just basically went from being booked to, hey, uh, let's see, what am I going to do now? And right. there is there is that, and you're wor- you're concerned about that with your husband as a pastor. You know, people aren't going to church. What about the giving? Those are normal concerns. And I I have to say this because I really wanted to kind of recap before we go too far into what you had what you had even said and expressed, and about you know that verbal processing, and you talked about knowing your children. And how we set the tone. So whether you are Mm -hmm. in your season, Katie, where the children are all under roof and they're being exposed to outside influences or they're being quarantined and your extrovert is bouncing off the wall and your introvert is thinking, I've been waiting for this my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, Or whether mom and dad, you know, moms, you are like Katie and I and you're going, are are we going to be okay? You know, don't eat that extra portion. Let's just, you know, let's just get to like a real streamlined menu because rice and beans, there's a run on rice and beans. I mean, we our culture is, is really crazy. So Katie, coming back to what your question, you know, how you redirected that to me. Uh, when 9-11 happened, we were just, it was a normal morning. You know, we were going about our day and my husband actually called me. I didn't have the TV on. My husband actually called me and said, are you watching the news? I said, no, I'm trying to get, you know, I have five kids. I'm trying to get these kids going. And we turned on the news just in time to see the airline crash into the second tower. And the kids were all with me and they didn't understand. And I didn't understand. And it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's so similar to what we have right now, Katie, we turn on the news and there's another news briefing and we're trying to make sense of it. And meanwhile, we're trying to explain it to our children in a manner that they're able to comprehend without creating mm-hmm. fear and worry and anxiety. And right. I I was very careful. And it's funny because now we're able to talk about this and we have a family thread. And if you have older children, 
I created a family text thread and it was different from our normal thread. I didn't want our normal lighthearted love, you know, conversations from our group thread text messaging to be overcome by this COVID. So I created mm-hmm. a family COVID update. And everybody's in there. And the only thing we talk about are updates pertaining to like daily life. Who has what? Who needs what? Because, you know, my kids don't live under my roof. I only have one that's currently living under the roof, but it's Grand Central Station because they're all running in and out. Oh, mom, I couldn't find wipes or toilet paper, the elusive toilet paper. So Katie, um, and that's why this perspective is so important because we... There's this manner of what do we do and how do we do it and keeping calm and keeping our head and then gleaning from the perspective of of others that have done it and what did that outcome look like? And literally, I will tell you, they are all so grateful that they were aware but not inundated because I would control the news. So Katie, give me some tips. I'm going to break this down specifically. Let's talk about how you're dealing with the financial uncertainty as you and your husband, you know, you talk and, and it's kind of hard for hi- even him to reaffirm you that, hey, yeah, Katie, you know, checks are coming in like, you know, crazy, we're going to be fine to uh, God's got this. So the conversations with your husband and then those conversations that you, you might be having with your children, talk, talk with me a little bit about what you're doing there. Yeah, well, I think you know, in a situation like this, you reevaluate things pretty quick, right? Of what is really important, you know, our relationships with each other, our faith, um, all those things. And I think the other day, my son and I, who's more introverted, he and I have been running together as a stress mechanism, you know, like we feel, we feel better anyway, when we do that, we were training for our first 5k, in Grand Rapids, it was supposed to be the day before Mother's Day. I doubt that that's going to happen, but we're still going to run it at home if we do it. So keeping that rhythm. But as I was running the other day, I felt like God said to me, Katie, do you have what you need today? And I said, yes, I do. He said, okay. You know, that verse, do not worry about tomorrow. You have what you need today. And in the book Made Like Mark, again, I am being forced to really live this message out. I talk about, so if people don't know, there's a story in the Bible, Luke 10, 38 through 42, about two sisters, Martha and Mary. Mary is sitting, listening at Jesus's feet, and Martha is scurrying around trying to get ready for the company they have, Jesus and his disciples. And Martha goes to Jesus and said, Jesus, will you tell my sister to help me? And he says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted about all these things, but only one thing is necessary. And Mary's chosen the good thing, the better thing. And so in the book, I talk about, okay, first of all, Jesus loved both Mary and Martha. He wasn't saying, oh, I love Mary better. Look, she chose the right thing. So if you are worried right now and distracted by all these things that are going on, rest assured that Jesus loves you. And also he disciplines those he loves, right? He was correcting her. And I believe what he was saying to her is, Martha, you know, you are stressed out about all these things. And I believe he was inviting her not necessarily to stop serving and stop doing, but to do so from a place of peace instead of panic, a place of settledness instead of striving, knowing that it wasn't all on her shoulders. And I don't know about you, Connie, but right now, a lot of things feel like it is all on my shoulders. But 
I believe that God invites us to exchange kind of a hired help mentality, I call like an orphan spirit that, oh my goodness, it's all up to me. If I mess this up, you know, everything's messed up and all of this versus being settled in to who we are. If we are Christians, you know, if we believe that Jesus died for us, lived a sinless life and rose again, if we have faith in him, then we're his beloved daughters. And we can rest in that position that this is a partnership, right? We're not just left to do everything on our own, that God gives us insight into his word. And so I myself am trying to do that, you know, to remember these truths so that I can then model that for my kids. And I tell you what, I've messed it up a lot already, you know, where I've been (laughs) short tempered or, you know, they're going, like I said, for that huge glass of milk and I don't want them to be paranoid. Right. But also of like, Hey, we have an opportunity to be good stewards of what we have. And the other thing is we want to be able to share with other people if they have need, you know, being in a church body. And like, I think about our homeschool group, you know, we want to be able, if we have some extra to help other people just the other day, you know, we were running slightly low on toilet paper and I had a friend that knew that and her husband went and picked up some for us. I mean, isn't that so kind, you know, and it's like, I'm thinking, man, you know, I used to be a public school teacher. I, I homeschool my kids. I've even thought about maybe I should do something online where I read to kids or provide something like that for somebody else. And so I think this crisis time we're living in is an opportunity to be super creative, to be innovative. Um, And I was thinking, you know, I grew up, we didn't have cable when I was, you know, growing up as a kid, we were, my parents gave us so much room to be creative. And I just think, music and books and movies. I mean, a lot of that is what people are drawn to right now. Um, And obviously it can be a scary time for people that are artists and musicians, but I just think with this pressure put on that the creativity is going to ooze from people and provide comfort for people too. My friend has um, 14 children at home and oh, she's they, already, she's already maxed out the limit. I oh know. my goodness. <laughs> we, we were joking about that. We're like, Oh, do someone have to sit outside? I don't know how that's going to work, but they were doing a puppet show and she was taking pictures and put on Facebook. And I told my kids too, I'm like, once a week, I want you to come up with something creative, whether that's a dance, whether that's you write a song together, you put on a play, something, because I think right now our kids need, adults and kids, we need purpose to our days. And as a Martha, I could try to micromanage my kids to death, but we are, I think I told you before we got on the call, mm-hmm. we're, we're taking a week off of school this week, doing school at home, and we're cleaning one room a day. And we don't necessarily start at the first thing, you know, we sleep in, we, you know, play, whatever. And about 10 or 11, we start cleaning, working as a team to do this. And then when we're done, we can have fun, we can go outside, we can play, but trying to give a rhythm to the day, I think is really important for adults and kids because there is so much that's unknown. So what can we offer that kids can feel secure because there's some sort of routine, some sort of normalcy that they can count on. And again, that could change in a couple of days, but for now, what are some things we can do? And exercise and getting fresh air is a huge part of that. You know, I'm really thankful this isn't happening in the dead of winter. <laughs> Especially because, where you live. <laughs> yeah, because last year we had oh. 18 snow days, oh 18 my. snow days. 
And it was awful because it was fun for the first couple. And then it was like, okay, this is, we're all going stir crazy. So th- we're, we're trying to look at the positive. Okay. We can get outside. You know, I'm thankful that I have a big family right now because we have people to hang out with, you know, I know some of my friends are single. And so I'm trying to check in with them or do a FaceTime or a zoom call, um, you know, just to keep that connection with people. And with my daughter, that's extrovert, you know, she's trying to do some um, calls with her friends so she can see them and talk to them. And I think we all need a lot of grace for each other right now too, because there are going to be times we lose our temper or we're upset or we're not sure. Um, But we're better together, right? As we learn to do this and we give grace to ourselves that we're not going to do this perfectly. But I look to, you know, like your family who has been through some of these things before and, you know, you have kids that are thriving and now they might be, you know, asking big questions, but you've laid that foundation of, I'm going to tell you what you need to know, but I'm not going to overburden you, you know, especially I'm thinking about with these younger kids. Yeah. I think I'm going to keep you keep you informed, but not put something so heavy that you don't have the tools to process and carry that. Right. You know, I, I kind of giggled when you talked about, we're going to take a week off. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, some of my kids would think, yay, we're taking a week off. And then it's kind of like a, but we're going to clean a room, you know, every, you know, we're going to clean one room. That's the Martha, you know, that's that I still have to be doing something. I have to clean. I have to, I just, there's that internal sense and need to be productive in some way. And I love that in your book, Made Like Martha, and you've said it several times, uh, oftentimes I speak to parents about knowing like who you are. And that's what that's really what Equipped to Be is about. It's about knowing who you are, your unique gifts, strengths, and talents, to discover those and develop those. And then once you're able to do that, then you're able to help your children discover and develop who they are and then help all and then all of us apply those to our god-given assignments and callings in in calling in life and i just wrote down a couple of things you said because i think they're worth uh parents and mamas that are listening i think they're worth you kind of putting it on a post-it note and putting it on your mirror or on your bathroom wall in your closet uh, certainly not on your car dashboard because you're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you know, you talked about we we want to we want to walk through this with peace and not panic. And mm-hmm. I will tell you, having walked through that and then seeing the fruit in my kids' life now, they're not panicked now. They're concerned. Some of them are more concerned than others. Some of them because of age. You know, let's just face it. Younger kids think, ah, I'm inevitable. I'm in, what is that word? Um, invincible. I'm invincible. Yeah. So nothing will touch me. But there's this civic responsibility that you start to teach your children, especially when they're younger, that, yes, you're right. Your immune system's strong and you're, you're not likely to get it. But see, you're not living in isolation. You live with a family. And when mm-hmm. one goes down, it's just a fact. I mean, you know what happens, Katie, when one gets a cold, you hit the drugstore because all of them are going to go down and you're going to be down for the count. Well, that's kind of the seriousness with with pretty much everything. And I talk about uh, this coping with crisis could be a financial crisis, which we know that this impact, this COVID and uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, is genuinely hitting every single American citizen and and obviously millions around the world, but every American citizen is being impacted by closed businesses or 
long work hours if you're in the healthcare industry. Uh, we know tax season's coming up. I mean, our, everything, absolutely everything is in disarray. So your statement about let's do this from a place of peace and not panic. Let's look at settling into what we're doing and finding a, a routine that works for us because, Katie, your routine will be different from my listeners' routine, and that starts right. with knowing who you are and how your children function and how your children react to the world around them because we all um, experience, think, and feel the world around us differently. And right. so you said settled instead of striving, and that can be that can be difficult, especially for a, a, a Martha, a woman who, who you know, she just isn't going to pull out a stack of books and and read a stack of books. She's got things to do, and she can also become quite frustrated at herself and her family if they're not being quite as productive as at, in her mind she thought they were supposed to be during this off season. And that's oh, how that, do you know that, Connie? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I have I, I have the benefit of having older children kind of uh, expose me <laughs> for some of the things that I didn't do. That you know, when they were kids, they're not going to say it to you. But now that they're adults, they'll be like, "Hey, you know, yeah, mom." So your children right now, they're not going to sit there and and say, "Hey, mom, you're you're being a drill sergeant, or you're being a this or that." They're not going to say that. But what your children might say when they're adults is how you handled the situation. They'll tell you, Katie, one thing I want mamas to understand is something uh, you are keenly aware of. You're setting the tone and the temperature and the atmosphere in the home during this crisis. And you made that comment so pointedly and so wisely. Sometimes that can be overwhelming because I I snap at my child or I... I'm sitting here thinking you're eating too much food or I know I've got this thing that this child really needs, but I'm, I'm afraid to spend the money. You know, we, we are setting the tone and that is an amazing, beautiful, beautiful gift of being a mom that we are able to help our children truly see how to walk through every trial, every crisis that they're going to come across in their life, because it's true, Katie, you know, God tells us uh, trials are common to all men, and it's not just this, they're common, mm -hmm. and we want our children to be able to look back one day, knowing that you, what you're doing today, Katie, your kids are going to be teaching your grandkids. Talk about a right. sobering reality. Uh, it makes us be a little more careful with the words we say, and how mm -hmm. we listen, right? Right, so, yeah. I, and the other thing you said, and I wanted to reiterate, was just thinking outside of your your family and your family's needs, how you were running low on something, and somebody came along and met a need. One thing my children talked about was how we were committed to serving in whatever crisis, whether it was a hurricane or it was 9-11 or the financial shortfall. There are little things you can do that may not be, I mean, there's just things you can do that may seem little to you, but to someone else, a roll of toilet paper when you don't have something, you know, to write, to wipe your rear, uh, <laughs> could be the difference between somebody just breaking down and having a meltdown because they just didn't have something that they needed and there's no place to get it. Those become defining moments in your kids' lives. And Katie, you know, I, I, 
I'm so grateful that we were able to like have this conversation. You know, God's word talks about the older women are to teach the younger women. Um, it's not that I'm teaching you, Katie. I'm just taught, but this is exactly what God wants us to do. He wants us to be walking through life together. He wants us to be vulnerable. And like I said to my husband this morning, honey, are we going to be okay? You know, mm-hmm. are, are we, are, are we going to be okay? I mean, the stock market, I don't know if anybody noticed, but the stock market just plummeted. I know many, many people who have watched their retirement just plummet and they're they're, you know, they're, they are thinking about retirement one day. Those are concerns. So we are all facing a crisis in some capacity that will be a little different to others, but the similar, some, the similarities are still there. Fear, mm-hmm. worry, doubt, uh, lot for some of us, like maybe you and me, Katie, uh, the lack of being able to control the lack of the unknown, um, trying to keep a sense of humor when, uh, what are we laughing about right now? All of those things are just so important. And it's, it's very important as women, regardless of your age, that we lock arms. Like Katie and I, you know, we, we share a lot of commonalities and we don't have to be parenting in the same season to be able to pray for each other, to encourage each other. Katie encouraged me just by reminding me to have peace and not panic you know, that's where we are called as sisters in Christ to come alongside one another, regardless of your situation or disposition or financial means or ages of children and be sisters in Christ first. Would you agree, Katie? Absolutely. And I just think I told you the other day, I so appreciate you have a positive attitude. I can be prone to negativity. And when I, we talk, I'm always uplifted. I'm like, she is keeping, you know, her eyes up and that encourages me. And so I think as we're in this uncertain time, what can we do to not just go so inward, you know, that we need to remind each other what is true, right? Because that bolsters our faith. And, or the other day when I was crying to a friend, you know, I have a few select people that I can just be really real with. And she said, I get it. I'm praying for you. And I felt so much better after releasing that stress through tears and just hearing her say, I hear you. I'm with you. I'm praying about that. Um, it, it eases that burden. You know, I love the verse, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. And that ver- that word cast, it's, you know, like casting a fishing line, but it's transferring energy from your shoulders out and away and on to the Lord. And I think for those of us that are made like Martha, we can live with this hunched over posture because we're trying to carry things that were never ours to carry. You know, I have a, I can try to um, spend wisely or not spend money, but ultimately our provision comes from God, not just my husband, right? God is Jehovah Jireh. He's faithful. And so he is the one that really is carrying that because I'm his child. And so again, as we starve worry and we feast on worship, our perspective can be changed, not to this Pollyanna fake, you know, everything's fine, not putting our heads in the sand, but holding that space of like, I can be at peace even when all these things are swirling around because I know who God is. I know who I am in him and I'm going to 
do that next thing that he's asked me to do with his strength and his help. Absolutely. Absolutely. It reminds me of that song, you know, when, um, it is well with my soul and we, mm-hmm. you know, it's not fake. If you are someone who has, uh, a faith in the Lord and that, you know, it's not like he was looking, you know, he was busy doing something and all of a sudden he looks down and he goes, Oh my word. Oh, they're dealing with a COVID crisis. I better get down there and work on, you know, help these people out. No, that's, that's not the God of the Bible. And it's not Pollyanna-ish to be able to say, you know, things may be falling apart around me, but my God is a God of abundance and not scarcity. Mm-hmm. My God right. is a God who will carry me through whatever crisis we're currently facing. Even if we get this coronavirus, even if we are infected, like I I don't want that to happen. And I think the steps we're making are good steps. They're inconvenient. I think they're not going to be fun, uh, especially because there's an unknown date. We Americans like to know when something starts and when something ends because we're just busy people. And now we're actually not so busy, which kind of reminds me of your book, Like Mary. And I would like for you to speak a moment, because we we have talked a lot about the Marthas and and our tendencies and our personalities. And, you know, we we just want to kind of get things done, but we can also take everything on ourselves and think we're supposed to solve all the problems. But talk to a minute, talk for a moment, uh, Katie, about Mary. The Marys that, you know, they're not like us. Talk to them about managing and coping through a crisis. Well, I I just saw something the other day my friend Becca Pogue put online and she said, hey, there's going to be some people that are making to-do lists and charts and just, you know, go in full throttle during this, you know, this detour we're experiencing. She goes, and there's other of us that are just going to cuddle closer, hunker down, maybe binge watch some shows, you know, have some good conversations. And there is space for all of that, right? And I think you brought up a good point, Connie, of also knowing our kids. Like, I might be wired to clean one room a day, but they might need to have a Marvel movie marathon one of these days, too. And that is okay. And I think it's making space for each other. And to there is value to marry, to being more relational than task-oriented. And the world needs both types, right? Whether you're more task-oriented or people-oriented, to get through this and to thrive and not just survive, it takes both of that. And I believe we all carry some of Martha and Mary within us. And so I think slowing down and having some conversations and just having some fun and laughing, those are really important because we don't, we can even burn out in the downtime and that's not healthy either. We want to be, you know, as healthy as we can in all ways. And I just want to say one more thing too, Connie, when you're talking about abundance, Mm -hmm. God is a God of abundance, but I think what we Americans have to be careful of that abundance might look different than we think. Yes. It might not mean there's a ton of money in the bank, but it might mean we, you know, we have what we need or we're rich in relationship or, you know, it can look different. And I think about people all over the world. My husband went to a 
mission trip um, to Guatemala years ago. And he said, Katie, they're some of the most joyful people I know. And they had so little. And I just has stuck with me of like, where is our joy and our peace coming from? Is it from these possessions or from everything going the way we want it to? Um, or is it in the things that will last? And I think that Mary is such a good example of focusing on the things that are lasting and, you know, being hospitable again, maybe from a distance right now is so important, but it's not just hospitable in our homes, but also in making room for others and hearing them and being good listeners. I think that that's so important in this times that there's both room for both types. Absolutely. And God made it both. God made both types. And thank you for clarifying the abundance statement, because I'm certainly not talking about um, everybody is going to be wealthy and and, you know, all of that. But I'm just, I just see so many people become fearful and they, they forget um, that God is, is not a God of scarcity, that he, right. he will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory in heaven. And I think when we remember that, uh, we are able to trust and we're able to rest. And it kind of goes back to just that some of the comments that we were talking about earlier. So as uh, we wrap this up, because I know your kids are quarantined <laughs> in another room, they would probably like to come out. Um, Katie, I just, I would love for you to just say something maybe that you're telling yourself that you haven't already like shared with us in our conversation mm-hmm. that will be of value and benefit to the other moms that are exactly where you are. They've got these kids staring at them. They're concerned a little bit about the food and about the unknown and about where the next, you know, bill, where the money is coming from to pay the bills in, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe. Right. I just think I'm telling myself this constantly, take it one day at a time, take it one moment at a time. I think, you know, when we try to figure out the next couple of weeks, that can feel overwhelming. One thing I'm doing too is remembering you know, God's faithfulness in the past. You know, he has not let me down. We've been in lean times before and he provided. He might provide in different ways this time, but to look at the past and just see, okay, like we were not left high and dry. And just to, again, one day at a time to not put everything on our shoulders, to be honest, you know, if we're married or you know, we have kids to be honest and just like, hey, this is hard for everyone. None of us have ever walked through this before. And so we're all trying to figure it out and we're not going to always get it right. I know as a young mom, when I first had my daughter, I felt like if we, if the routine was messed up for one day, it's like she'd be ruined for life. Well, that was not true. <laughs> And the same is true here. If a day does not go well, you have tomorrow, right? And to not put so much pressure to be a super mom, to be every mom, right? We can't do that. And so I think just giving yourself grace, giving your family grace, you're all trying to figure this out, but find what works for you. And remember too, that as a mom, like you not to live as a victim, right? But to set that example of leadership of, hey, sure, I might cry sometimes, I might lose my temper sometimes, but we, to navigate the waters of what this can look like for your family and to get help, you know, from people that have already been down that road, ask them questions. 
But just to remember that you do have what it takes to do this. And um, it can be easy to give into fear. But how? what can you do today? You know, I bought some bubbles at the dollar store the other day just thinking, I think we're going to need these bubbles. And you know what? They have brought so much joy. And we keep, you know, fill, add a little more water, add a little more water. <laughs> but just doing something fun that feels light um, can just do a world of good. Thank you so much, Katie. That's awesome advice. And I would love for you to share with my listeners, how can they find you? I know you have your book made like Martha and you know, now's a good time. You know, if you're going to have some pleasurable reading, I, that's a, I really recommend that you grab Katie's book made like Martha, but where can they find you online and in your website? Yeah, it's katiemreid.com and read is R-E-I-D. And if you click on the book tab, you can find out more about Made Like Martha. And there's even, you can read chapter one for free and just see if it might be a book you want to read. There's also a Bible study right in that book. So it's kind of, you know, you buy it once, but you have two resources there. Also, I host the Martha and Mary show podcast. And if you are married, my husband and I, every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. host Stop Panic Time, which is a marriage live show. And you can find that at Katie M. Reed on Facebook. And we encourage couples to get closer and grow deeper. And man, now is a time where we need to link arms with our spouse and not, you know, fight and cause distance because we're probably in close proximity with them. So I would love to connect in those ways. And on Instagram, you can just search Katie M. Reed and you'll find me there as well. Awesome. Katie, thank you so much. Uh, folks, go check out uh, Katie Seitz and her book. Uh, she's got lots of wonderful sound um, insights and wisdom for you. And, you know, it's we're in this together. I, I know I keep seeing this hashtag, but it is true. There's not going to be an award given out to who handled this crisis the best because, frankly, nobody knows how you're doing. So don't compare yourselves with one another lock arms with others, listen, be careful that you are not setting yourself up to feel like a failure or feel like a disappointment. And that's going to wrap up this episode of Coping with Crisis on the Equipped to Be show with Katie Reed. And Katie, I hope you have a great day. Let's keep in touch because um, who knows how long we're going to be dealing with all of this. Well, thank you for this series, Connie. I know it's going to help so many, and it was an honor to be here. Thanks so much. All right. Have a great day. Thanks for joining me, folks. Until next time, have a great day. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.